Hi, my name is Beryl Benbow, and I'm here today at Brick Arts Media Center. And I have a show called Beverve. Beverve is an edutainment program where we interview people of interest um, in Brooklyn and events. So today, I'd like to interview uh, Vondra Thorburn. She is the BSEC trustee, and she's here to speak about the concept of the memorial platform and the plans for Sunday, May 7th. On May 7th, the Brooklyn Society for Ethical Culture will be having a Charlie Horwitz memorial platform. There will be a keynote speaker, Professor Alden Morris, at the platform on Sunday, May 7th at 11 a.m. at 53 Prospect Park West. The title of his address is Scholarship and Activism, The Lessons of W.E.B. Du Bois in an Age of Trumpism. Um, at the Du Bois Bunch Center for Public Policy, um, they will be, they will be co-hosting an event uh, in the afternoon session entitled Stepping Up Our Organizing Skills. And that will be from 2 to 4 p.m. So I'm going to let Vondra Thorburn um, explain the concept of the memorial platform now. Thanks. Go ahead, Vondra. Hello. Welcome. Thank you, uh, Beryl. Glad to be here. And thank you for the opportunity to do a little promotion about the uh, Charlie Horwitz Memorial Platform at the Brooklyn Society for Ethical Culture on Sunday, May the 7th, starting at 11 a.m., um, the uh, Charlie Horwitz to me is one of the uh, epitome of a marvelous um, human being and also a great activist and organizer and uh, scholar. So I take a great deal of pride in uh, uh, helping to organize um, the events for the, uh, for the uh, Sunday the 7th. Um, our the um, our keynote uh, speak is going to be um, Professor Alden Morris, um, and I'm really looking forward to hearing him, from him. And I'm also just delighted to have the opportunity to introduce him um, in this program uh, to Dr. John Flatteau from uh, the. De a Boy Sponge Center for Public Policy at Magravis and um, DBC, shall we say, yes. uh, is going to be co-hosting with us a, a, pro a, a program in the afternoon called Stepping Up Our Organizing Skills. And as we know in these times, we have a lot of organizing to do and our skills do need sharpening. So I'm just delighted to um, introduce uh, uh, Dr. Fl uh, John Flatteau, who is a, has a, a, a great history in New York City and state government and in academia. Um, he's also the author of Black Brooklyn, The Politics of Ethnicity, Class, and Gender, which I believe is modeled on the Du Bois... Uh, study the the Philadelphia um, Negro. So um, we I welcome you, uh, Dr. Flato. 
perhaps you'd like to tell us a little bit what you're anticipating for that weekend. Ah, well, uh, we're going to have one of uh, America's premier sociologists, uh, Dr. Alden Morris, with us. He's the uh, Leon Forrest Professor of Sociology at Northwestern University and the author of a, a recent highly acclaimed uh, book entitled The Scholar Denied, W.E.B. Du Bois and the Birth of American Sociology, a story uh, as yet untold. And he's going to expound on uh, the extensive research that he has included in his latest work. Uh, I'll also uh, reveal that uh, uh, in pursuing um, my uh, doctoral studies, uh, another work of Professor Morris's on the origins of the black civil rights movement uh, was, was canon literature. It was required reading when, uh, when I was doing uh, uh, pursuing my doctoral studies. So we're delighted to uh, have him in New York. He'll be uh, at the Brooklyn Ethical Culture Society all day, as Vandra mentioned, uh, for two programs. And then we're going to steal him away to uh, Mega Rivers College. Monday morning, he's going to deliver also a major lecture on the life and works of W.E.B. Du Bois. So uh, we're delighted to have uh, Dr. Morris uh, coming to uh, our end of town from Chicago and by way of Tutwiler, Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that accent shortly. Uh, well, we also have Professor Michael Schwartz in the studio today. He's a sociologist and a prominent critic of the Iraq War. His articles have appeared in Mother Jones in Context. In Radical Protest and Social Structure, Schwartz develops the concept of structural ignorance to how individuals make choices and decisions in regard to collective action based on their position in the uh, social structure, which constrains their access to relevant information. Hello, Professor Schwartz. Hi. And welcome. I, I'm very happy to be here. I, I come to these events through my relationship to Brooklyn Ethical Culture, to the Horwitz family, and to Alden Morris, and to the history of the fight for racial justice in the U.S. This fight had long been captained by W.E.B. Du Bois and especially during the dark days of the first half of the 20th century. So it's a thrill to be part of the campaign that has become energized and inspired by Alden's new book, The Scholar Denied, an attempt to apply Du Boisian's analysis to the challenge of white supremacy in the, that's now infecting global society in the 21st century and eroding human rights everywhere we can look. So I... So I'd like to sort of kick off this discussion by asking Alden a question, which is, uh, how can you take the work of W.E.B. Du Bois, at least 50 years old now, and explain to us why reading him, digesting him, and applying him is so relevant to our current times? Well, hello, everyone. Um, it is a pleasure uh, to be part of this discussion. And for those whom I've not yet met, I look forward to meeting you when I come to New York in, uh, in May. And uh, it's always a, a thrill to talk to Professor Swartz, who is uh, was one of my professors in, in, in grad school. 
and a mentor. And so I really look forward to the forum. Um, I think that it is important uh, to uh, read Du Bois, to think about his ideas, uh, his writings, uh, but also his activism. Um, the one of the um, the things about Du Bois, one of his outstanding qualities, is that he was both a major activist of the 20th century, and he was a major scholar of the 20th century. And these two domains for him went hand in hand. There was no there was no separation. Uh, Dr. King once said of Du Bois is that we don't know where the scholar ended and then the organizer began. And so this is uh, 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 one of the reasons why we want to try to understand Du Bois, to try to be clear in this period that we need both scholarship and activism to confront all of the issues that uh, we're dealing with, with, uh, you know, with the election of uh, Donald Trump. Uh, I think that... Um, one of the major uh, ideas that that uh, is in uh, Du Boisian scholarship is that people who are marginalized, people who are oppressed, uh, and people who just want to make change, is that they have the agency, the wherewithal to do it. And so his message was one of how change can come from the bottom up. And that uh, if you do not have change from the bottom up, then the oppressed, the marginalized, will never be able uh, to move out of their situation of, uh, of, of oppression. And so one of the things that he does in his scholarship is that he shows in so many different arenas how the oppressed themselves uh, actually played key roles crucial roles in liberating themselves. And so he shows, for, for example, how um, um, slaves played a central role in the uh, Civil War, and that without their uh, activism, without their uh, becoming part of the, the, the Union, that uh, the Union probably would have lost the, the Civil War. And then he shows the great uh, ferment and creativity of black people during the Reconstruction era. And then, of course, um, he does the same thing for looking at uh, the uh, what was going on at the turn of the century. And uh, so that in 1909, Du Bois um, started uh, something called the Niagara Movement, which then um, became or merged to become the NAACP. But while he's doing all of this organizing and activism, he's writing these major studies that really uh, plays the, uh, the role of empowering people by showing the people uh, who are oppressed that they are not inferior, that they can make change, that they should uh, understand their institutions, their organizations, and their culture, and by using those as tools, they can um, uh, help to bring about change. And so, for example, uh, Dr. King has said that uh, they read uh, Du Bois's writings on uh, the Reconstruction period, and they read his writings uh, during the uh, 30s and the 40s, and that that helped prepare them 
to be to engage in the civil rights movement to organize the civil rights movement. I never forget um, Reverend Fred Shuttlesworth, who was a great leader of the civil rights movement, said that well we based our activism on everything that went before us, and that we read Du Bois, and that he was a shining light that that unraveled how oppression worked and what we needed to do to bring about change. And so then I think that the uh, importance here of going back to look at Du Bois is to understand uh, the importance of scholarship and research in terms of, of, of uh, major struggles for change. We go back to understand why uh, organization and organizing are very, very important uh, to change because within him, you, you had both of those things going on. And so then by what I would say is that uh, Professor Swartz knows this very well, is that no sociologist or social scientists, white social scientists, predicted the civil rights movement would happen. They, did, they never even thought about it. it. Something like that was impossible for them to even give thought to because they thought that agency and the power to, to generate change only came from whites. And so, but at the same time, Du Bois is predicting, even in the Philadelphia Negro, that movements for change was going to come out of the, the mass-based black church. And in many ways, he predicts, he says the awakening is going to happen. And so he predicts that uh, something like the civil rights movement was going to take place. And so then um, my, uh, I, I think that the only way to really put this is that we go back and we read and we study Du Bois because through him we can learn a lot about how oppression operates, how social change operates, and how scholarship and activism are really the, 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 that they go so hand in hand. Because I'd like to, <clears throat> excuse me, in, in, um, introduce uh, Professor Alden D. Morris first. Right, Professor Alden D. Morris is the Leon... Forrest Professor of Sociology at Northwestern University, an award-winning author of The Scholar Denied, W.E.B. Du Bois, and The Birth of American Sociology. He is also the author of the timeless classic, The Origins of the Civil Rights Movement, Black Communities Organizing for Change, for which he received multiple best book awards. Professor Morris has made a commitment to bring greater recognition to the work of W.E.B. Du Bois. He led a campaign within the American Sociology Association to name the Distinguished Career Scholarship Award after Du Bois, which has resulted in greater awareness of Du Bois' long, brave history of intense public engagement in both nationally and internationally. Dr. Cornell West says, Alden Morris has given us a great gift the truth of Du Bois' genius, and America's denial of it. Don't miss this pioneering text. Okay, um, Dr. Flateau, please be my guest to speak with um, Professor Alden D. Morris. Yes, uh, Dr. Morris. Uh, yes. Um, moving to your this pioneering text, The Scholar Denied, uh, I found I found your, your history and the... Uh, dynamics, internal dynamics, the politics in the academy that uh, that tried to uh, suppress some of the, the great 
scholarly work of, or deny the scholarly work of Dr. Du Bois. You mentioned something called the Du Bois Atlanta University uh, School of Sociology, and I think it's important uh, for us to understand the depth and breadth of, of that very early work uh, that helped found the field of American sociology. So could you expound on, on your uh, on your research in that area, on that topic? Well, yes. Uh, thanks for the question. Um, when, when I was in grad school uh, in sociology, um, I never had to read Du Bois. I never had to take an exam on Du Bois. And uh, generations of uh, social scientists have never had to read Du Bois. And I think that that speaks to the level of marginalization that occurred. Um, du Bois was marginalized in social science for two reasons. Uh, one was because of racism, that black people at the time were considered to be uh, inferior, and, uh, and black intellectuals were considered to be inferior. They could not work at any uh, predominantly white universities. They couldn't work at, 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 at NYU or, or Harvard or Yale or Princeton or the University of Chicago. They, they simply could not work in those places because of racism. And so on the one hand, then, Du Bois was marginalized because of the intense racism of the period. But the second reason was that Du Bois came with dangerous ideas. <laughs> And, the, and, and part of those ideas had to do with the fact that he did the research, he and his collaborators did the research proving that black people were not inferior and that the, that the reason that they were labeled as an inferior race was to uh, justify oppression and discrimination against them. And so then not being able to get a job at any of the major universities, uh, Du Bois took a position at Atlanta University in 1897. Um, Atlanta University at the, at the time was uh, probably the only uh, black uh, university that had a graduate program and, and, and engaged in serious research. Uh, certainly Fisk and Hampton were to do that and, and um, uh, Howard. Uh, but at any rate, um, so Du Bois started out his studies, uh, conducting all these studies at Atlanta University. Uh, at, Atlanta, at Atlanta University, he was able to attract large numbers of uh, black students from the historically black colleges. He was also able to attract uh, other uh, black uh, sociologists and social scientists to come to Atlanta but not only academics, but he also attracted like the, the clergy and other community leaders. And they conducted all of these studies, hundreds of studies on the black community and uh, to refute the lie that black people were inferior. And in so doing, they created what uh, I talk about in the book as the Atlanta School of Sociology. Uh, in sociology, the Chicago School, which consisted of all white males uh, at the University of Chicago in the 1920s, they are credited with being the founders of empirical scientific sociology. But what I show in The Scholar Denied is that this is not the case, that Du Bois 
and his team of researchers um, were doing these advanced studies using advanced uh, empirical methods and field work and ethnography uh, to really show how uh, oppression worked, to show how power uh, was involved, uh, to show how ideology was involved and all. And so through all of these studies, looking at these kinds of factors, you know, how race operated, they then created what I call the Atlanta School of Sociology that predated the Chicago School of Sociology and that it and that this particular innovative, unique school of sociology has been written out of the intellectual and social history of the United States and much of the world. And so a big part of what I try to do in the Scholar Denied is to bring that school back on the stage so that first of all, it can be recognized in terms of being the, the forerunner, the first modern school of scientific sociology in America. And secondly, to study the Atlanta School for what we can learn from it now and how we can go about uh, uh, training uh, the next generation of scholars uh, to do the kind of scholarship that came out of the Atlanta School of Sociology. If I could, if I could add something to that, um, there are two. There's there, not only is there a primacy in the Atlanta School uh, by about twenty years uh, over the Chicago School, and not only is the fact that the Atlanta School pioneered. So just to, just to add to that, I think that uh, the. the Making the contrast between the Atlanta School and the uh, Chicago School, uh, it's it's very important to keep in mind that there was a 20-year gap here and that the Chicago School, by writing the Atlanta School out, they wrote out the, their predecessor and then acted as though they were developing these ideas and these methods uh, that were actually pioneered by other people. So it was a, an act of intellectual theft, to be sure. And, uh, and in the meantime, it was also an act of methodological theft because the pioneering methodologies were developed by Du Bois in the Atlanta School and then copied and not even elaborated in any systematic way by Chicago. They were just copied. But there was something, I think, even deeper and more important that was different between the two schools because in the Atlanta School, the point of the research and the substance of the research was to look at the issues of inequality and racism and oppression and immiseration as issues of society, as socially constructed problems that needed to be socially, socially destructed, deconstructed, and replaced by more egalitarian systems. And all of that research was aimed at understanding how to do that, whereas mm -hmm. the Chicago School developed ideas that were designed to justify and say that these inequalities and these oppressions and this racism was an inevitable consequence of society forces and would, if ever changed, would be changed not by social action, not by the action of the, the underclass, to be sure, uh, but maybe not by anybody, but by automatic social processes thereby justifying the inequality. So you had both this 
act of theft and at the same time in stealing all this method, they also shifted the whole energy of the sociology to become a defense of the status quo and a defense of the system as it existed with all of its inequalities and, and racism. And they were the ones that managed to capture the attention and the dominating ideas so that sociology 50 years later was unable to predict the civil rights movement, but it spent 50 years of offering nothing of use. When sociologists now study that period of sociology, there, there's no ideas, there's no great research that they have, they have to, to work with. You have to dispose of it all and start over again. Uh, and I think that that is the greatest crime of all in the Chicago school was this abandoning of the Atlanta schools. They, they used the phrase in those days, schemes of social betterment, which is a nice pejorative way of saying that social reform is just a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what they accomplished. They accomplished the creation of a worthless kind of intellectual enterprise. So that the so that the purpose of the Atlanta School and uh, Du Boisian sociology um, were to present ideas that could bring about social change, that could uh, overthrow uh, racism. Du Bois was also very concerned about class inequality. He was very concerned about gender inequality, and he looked at all of these forms of inequalities as interacting. And I and so I think that what uh, building building off of uh, Professor Swartz is that Du Bois believed that you had to do very accurate, rigorous social science, but not for its own sake. But you would do it and produce knowledge so that you could use it to bring about change. And so that in that way, uh, it differed as 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 Michael was saying from Chicago in that it was an emancipatory kind of sociology. It was an emancipatory kind of social science, whereas the social science of Chicago and Yale and Pennsylvania and so on was the kind of sociology that maintained and sustained inequality. Mm -hmm. I think a not minor footnote, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois was the first African-American to receive a Ph.D. from Harvard. Correct. And, and, and that was a, and studied uh, with the great German social scientists of, of the 19th century. And, right. and this was the man that was not a, a embraced by academia uh, and, well, and then created his own pathway. Well, on that point, um, one of the things that's very clear when we look back at it is that Du Bois was one of the most educated persons in the world during his time, not in, just in America, but in the world. So that's, that's, um, that's one point. Another point is, is that Du Bois is one of the most productive scholars of the 20th century. Um, he uh, published something every 12th day from the age of 18 to 95. And at the same time, he is organizing all of these movements, the Pan-African Congresses, the NAACP, the Niagara Movement, 
and participating in all kinds of activities to bring about social change. And so then um, he, when you look at it, it's just uh, amazing the, 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 the kind of productivity that happened both as an activist and as a scholar. And that's the kind of scholarship and model uh, that's been um, marginalized, even denied. So, uh, Professor Morris, uh, on, on Sunday, May 7th, you'll be speaking at the Brooklyn Ethical Society for Ethical Culture. Can you talk about the, your choice of title, Scholarship and Activism, The Lessons of W.E. Du Bois in the Age of Trumpism, or should we say Trump-tatorship? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, for one of the things, um, you know, I've learned through you all something about um, uh, Mr. Horowitz, and uh, he was uh, very much an activist and, and scholar, uh, organizer, and uh, and I think that uh, the people who are putting this on are probably like-minded uh, kinds of people. And so, for one thing, I wanted to try to uh, talk about something that would be relevant. But, but secondly, uh, who better uh, to talk about uh, and to really reflect on than W.B. Du Bois as an organizer uh, and as a scholar? I think that um, uh, one of the one of the great uh, things. Uh, uh, one of the great satisfactions uh, in my career, and I think that uh, John uh, mentioned this. It is John, right? Yes, yes. Yes. Um, Pr Professor Flateau, is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, one of the things that he mentioned was my book, The Origins of the Civil Rights Movement. And um, the, 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 the greatest satisfaction that I've gotten from that book is that I've gotten calls over the decades from organizers, uh, union people, about why that book was important to them, because it taught them about how the movement, that is the civil rights movement, was actually organized, the role of organizations, the role of mm -hmm. community, the role of, <clears throat> of black culture, and so on and so forth. And so that um, it's it's for, for me that uh, it's interesting that some people say to me, how did you go from writing a book on the civil rights movement to doing intellectual history on Du Bois? And for me, it was not a leap at all. It's a continuation. Uh, I, in fact, dedicated the origins of the civil rights movement to, doc to Dr. King and to W.B. Du Bois. And I use uh, much of what Du Bois had to say about how activism and major social change movements were going to come about. Uh, by black people, and I use that to understand the civil rights movement. And so then uh, what I want to do is to try to convince activists uh, um, that we need to embrace good scholarship about social change, that scholarship is very central mm -hmm. to understanding how we can bring about, bring about change and to do so uh, more uh, effectively. And the other thing I want to do is to convince people that um, that 
scholarship alone cannot get it done, that you need to be able to organize people and to organize them in very effective and, and powerful ways so that they can realize their agency and bring about change. And so I think that this, that trying to understand the marriage between scholarship and activism is so very important today, uh, given the kinds of challenges that we confront. And I think that uh, another message here is that I, I for one, um, I, I don't think of the whole Trump period as, as something that's going to be so devastating and, 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 and it's going to just conquer everybody. I think that that all depends. And I think that this is a time for great activism and great scholarship uh, such that agency can be revealed about how we can change this situation. And so then I think that the the lessons that we can draw from Du Bois uh, will take us a long ways in understanding how to launch, how to organize a major social justice movement during the Trump era uh, to bring about the kind of change and justice that we know that we need. Wow. I think one of Du Bois' uh, works that comes to mind while, while you were describing that was uh, Black Reconstruction, yeah. 1860 to 1880, I think he wrote about. So in the ebb and flow of humankind, we've gone through periods uh, like the one we may be confronting today. We've gone through these uh, periods before, and that's the scholarship of, of Du Bois and others, I think, on the uh, Reconstruction and post-Reconstruction period that will... We'll, light the way for us going forward in terms of organizing and keeping the faith. Here, 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 here. Yeah, I know, you know, I think too, um, when we talk about Du Bois, so if we if we think about scholarship as, as talking the talk, as they say, then when we look at the kind of organizing and movements that he was involved in, is that we can certainly see that he also walked the walk. And that, and I think that really uh, reveal that we need both great scholarship and great activism, and it's that those two things that uh, uh, will see us through in this period. Well, I'd like to take the um, this moment to thank all of my guests in the studio, and um, Alden Morris. Um, for coming and uh, speaking about the Du Bois and what's going to be going on at um, the Brooklyn Society for Ethical Culture, May 7th. The, everything I heard today was very enlightening, and I hope when people hear this, they'll want to come out and hear a lot more from you, uh, Dr. Morris. So let yes. me just give the, the, the facts about when and where this is happening. Uh, Sunday, May 7th, Charlie Horitz Memorial Platform at Brooklyn Society for Ethical Culture, also known as BSEC. Professor Alden Morris will be the keynote speaker at our platform on Sunday, May 7th at 11 a.m., located at 53 Prospect Park West. The title of his address is Scholarship, and activism, the lessons of W.E.B. Du Bois in an age of Trumpism. Second, the Du Bois Bunch Center for Public Policy and the Brooklyn Society for Ethical Culture 
will be co-hosting an afternoon session from 2 to 4 p.m. entitled Stepping Up Our Organizing Skills, also at 53 Prospect Park West. Thank you very much, uh, Professor Alden Morris, uh, Dr. Flateau, um, Professor Schwartz, and Vondra Thorburn. Have a good evening, everyone. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Professor Morris. We Thank got you. it done. We, we got it done.